Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Go ahead and pull your chair up to the table. We're at the Cool Kids table today with Merritt Guest. So Merritt has more than 20 years experience in sales, sales management, and training. And she has been an entrepreneur since childhood. And she's now the president and founder of Merritt-Based Learning. Now, think about that. Isn't that the coolest name of a company you've heard in a long time? Her first name is Merritt, and her company is Merritt-Based Training. I think that is absolutely fantastic. And she specializes in working with business owners to, well, I'm going to let her tell you what she does, because otherwise it's just one of these introductions where it's blah, 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 blah. So Merritt Guest, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you, Tom. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> I would much rather you tell us the cool things you're doing and what you do on a daily basis to wow your clients than for me to read some introduction. So Merritt, what do you do? What's your company all about? Well, uh, since 1998, I've been speaking to business audiences and working with companies um, for to help them with their deliberate strategies for increasing sales. Uh, increasing productivity and keeping their top talent sticking around a lot longer. So you have been doing this for a long time. What sort of led you into this life of being an entrepreneur? Your bio says you were an entrepreneur since like right out of the womb. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know about that, but I did have a a short stint at modeling for the Gerber baby company. So when uh, when they say, I think the Gerber baby model, uh, experience was what they're talking about there. But, um, you know, I, uh, I was a general sales manager for a radio station. I, I really absolutely loved it. And so um, when they sold the station, I was going to have to start over. And it was serendipitous. I just, I met this great guy and he had been an entrepreneur his whole life. And we fell in love, Tom, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, and after daydreaming about, you know, what a great lifestyle looked like, um, it was pretty clear that if I wanted to be with this man, we wouldn't be able to make that lifestyle work if I had to keep asking the boss for time off. So uh, he really made me study entrepreneurship and away we went. <laughs> so so let's dive into that just a little bit. What was the lifestyle that your husband was looking for? You know, just uh, being able to take off on a whim. Uh, we were both kind of adventurers at that point. So if we wanted to go bungee jumping or take a trip somewhere. We didn't really want to have to ask for time off and, you know, work it into our schedules. We just wanted to be able to play, you know, when the weather is well, good, you, you play. So that was, that was what we had envisioned. So many people come on the show and they, they want that. They want that financial freedom. They want that location freedom and the ability to just go and, and play when the weather is good. So how long have you guys been together? We have been together for 17 years, married for 15 and I think we've done a good, pretty good job of that. I mean, we've taken a month-long vacation to Australia, and um, we've taken we take lots of long weekends. Not to say that we don't work hard, but because we do work hard, and you know, that's the other part of being an entrepreneur. It's like you know, which twenty-three and a half hours of the day do you want to work? <laughs> Pick that. Um, so you know, we work hard, but uh, when we play, we really try to turn it off. And what business is he in? Uh, he's a builder. He's a real estate developer. Um, he has a construction company, a, a private equity firm. They 
Yeah, he's a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the challenges that a husband and wife entrepreneur team with two totally separate businesses, what challenges come with that? Uh, well, I'd say probably the biggest challenge is, you know, we both want to talk about what's going on in our business. So have, being the listener is more often the bigger challenge because <laughs> um, we're both really passionate about what we do and really excited. And But it, it is great because, uh, you know, his his expertise and his business experiences clearly been helpful for me and, and mine. And, and, you know, we come at entrepreneurship and our businesses are very different. So we come from different perspectives and we're really able to help each other out. Um, I would say the other, the other thing about, you know, having a a dual entrepreneur couple is um, I think things were a lot harder before we had help. And so, you know, I I think um, let's blow up the myth that, you know, a person can do everything. You can't, you know, we I have somebody do my grocery shopping. I have, you know, on the personal side, we have someone clean the house because it's also our office. We have, um, you know, a, a couple of assistants in the business. His He has a whole team, the whole staff. So, you know, we it really does take a village, as they say. <laughs> now, as someone who is a consultant and a coach and a speaker, and then you have this adventure side, right? You you do bungee jumping, you've been skydiving, you've gone ice climbing, you go scuba diving, you've been para paragliding, all these different things. When you when you read about merit guests, you're like, wow, I'm I'm sore just thinking about all the things <laughs> you know that you do. It, it, it made me actually reading your bio made me actually want to get out of my chair and like walk to the kitchen uh, to get to get a piece of cake. But seriously, how do you take those adventures and then tie them into sort of the advice that you give to entrepreneurs and, and business owners? Uh, you know, sometimes they're just little antidotes and little, little stories. Um, I, I tell some different stories from uh, a backpacking trip around the world. So when I was about 24 years old, I, I quit my job, I put everything in storage, and I took what would be 25 years worth of two-week vacations up front. And so I traveled for a year, mostly Southeast Asia. And I, I just, I've always been a writer. I like to journal and, and, a, and a keen observer of what's going on around me. So I didn't know it at the time. I wasn't going traveling, seeking in, lessons in life from unexpected places, but they sort of just happened. And as I was writing in my journal and, um, you know, things would come back to me, just ideas that I would put two and two together from my business experience and my traveling around the world. And so, you know, when the time is right and in certain programs, I weave different stories like those with those adventures into the, the context of the program. So now it says it says in your bio you broke your foot in Israel and your leg in Croatia. So I mean yeah. this sounds like a dangerous life. <laughs> is this entrepreneurship and traveling stuff? Is this adventurous? <laughs> is this adventure stuff things we need to be worried about? Yeah, right. Watch your cash flow and watch your limbs. <laughs> um, you know, I uh, oh, they're they're funny stories and they're they they're nothing. Fortunately, nothing to do with being a good entrepreneur. So no no risk involved if if that's not how you're wired. Uh, and I'm happy to say that now I'm I'm more zen in my adventures. So. <laughs> um, Yoga is about as crazy as I get now. (laughs) (laughs) So, Merritt, what is it that you absolutely love about this life that you've designed by being able to work for yourself? Well, you know, I think 
I mean, I obviously, I, I definitely love the the freedom. I love the ability to control my own destiny. Destiny. I I really love that I can bring new ideas into my business really quickly. That was uh, something that always frustrated me working for a company. You know, we had to form a committee to look into a topic, and then you know would go down this decision making tree. And and I love that I don't have to get a committee together to look at anything. I can have an idea. I get to jump right in. I have the team in place now to take action on it. And so it's really exciting to see um, ideas. And not all the ideas are are good ideas or ideas that are going to stick around for a long time. But just the fact that you can get in there and if you're going to fail, fail fast, make it happen, try it. And uh, if it's not what the marketplace likes you or needs, you'll find out quickly. So I, I really appreciate that. So is there anything that you don't love about the life of being your own boss and, and being responsible for, for everything on your own? Are there, are there ever those days, Merritt, where you wake up and think, I could have gone to another TV station and just worked there? I've definitely had those days. I will not lie, Tom. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people come on and lie. They go, never have I had a day. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I have those days. No, I, uh, you know, there've been years where I've, we get to, uh, you know, the fourth quarter and I look at my calendar for the next year and I have great, juicy, exciting client projects that I'm working on and lots of speaking engagements and I'm excited about the upcoming years. And frankly, there have been years where I look at the calendar and it's really, it looks like a ghost town and I get really nervous. And those are the moments when I think maybe I should, you know, just get a job somewhere. And, you know, maybe this isn't really, you know, what I want to do or what I'm cut out for. And you know what happens? Something, something happens. It's in those moments, some past client will call out of the blue and just say, you know, thank you so much for what you did or, or I, I know when I need to reach out to people and I'll, I'll go out and find those super fans and they'll say something nice and about the work and the impact that it's had. And, and it re-energizes me and, you know, somehow it always works out. I, I, most of the time I look at the new year and I think, I don't know how I'm going to make the whole year work out. And every year it, it works out. God, that you is know, and- that is so. I mean, I I can fully relate to that. So this year, I I sent my oldest child off to college, and I looked at my wow. numbers before the year started, and I thought she's going to cost us a lot of money. And so <laughs> I I had this thought of like I needed to earn X percentage more than the year before, and I spent the whole year earning that same percentage less. So in addition to the money I needed for college, I wasn't earning the money I needed for life. And I spent like over half the year beating myself up, wondering how am I going to pull this off? What's going to happen? And then third quarter was just awesome. And all of a sudden, as I'm getting down to the end of the year, probably haven't earned that percentage over, but I'm, I'm certainly topping last year. And all of a sudden, it's all seeming to find a way to work itself out. So sometimes I think we beat ourselves up, but if we just buckle down and, and dive in and do the work, the business finds its way back to us. That's for sure. Well, and, and you know, I think it's in those moments where I'm concerned that it makes me take a look at, you know, what am I doing? Am I, am, have I, when was the last time I introduce something innovative to my current clients or to the marketplace? Am I really listening to what the marketplace needs? You know, and I I think that um, it's been in those moments of, you know, that entrepreneurial panic, like, how am I going to make this work? Because I don't have anyone else to rely on. Um, Those are the moments of innovation where a good entrepreneur, you know, 
makes it happen. I, I mean, I, I can think of several times in the course of my business. I mean, I, I started Merit-Based Professional Development was the, the name back in 1998, and it was really solely sales training. And over time, I expanded, and, and then we started doing training and coaching programs for sales managers. And um, I would say most of our clients today are still in the sales world, but we've been able to help companies outside of sales because there's, there's certainly some universal principles when it comes to hiring and ramping up people fast and, and keeping them for the long term. So it was looking at that, you know, um, a not, not as robust a business for the upcoming year that would have me look and say, hey, you know, can some of these principles be applied outside of the sales world? And I did some market research and of course they could and then bam, then we had a whole new set of offerings, a new marketplace. Um, and then that happened more recently, I'd say about four years ago, um, I started the division of my company called Merit-Based Onboarding, which was really specific working with companies that were hiring 20 or more people in a year and designing um, a special process to help them get those pe- their new people up to speed fast and then automating. I, I partnered, I found a strategic partner that had this all dialed in with a software application. And so then, you know, now people had the tools and the training to be, get new people up to speed instantly. So all of those innovative things came out of a time where I had some concerns about the business and the ability to move forward. And that's when I was more open, I think, to some new possibilities. Yeah, no, I think I, I get it. I think that's absolutely great. Hey, Merritt, I've got a bunch more questions for you. Yeah. But first, I got to thank our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with all the right equipment, the training, and the guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus specifically on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Merit Guest. If you want to start a podcast, and come on, I know a lot of you do because I get the emails from listeners saying, how do I start a podcast? Just jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Merit Guest Tell me, what advice would you have for one of our listeners who is hearing this thinking, I want to have the kind of lifestyle that, that she's developed. I, w- I want to be able to, when the weather is good, go out with my husband and go on an adventure. What advice would you have for somebody? Well, my first bit of advice would be um, only try paragliding in a country that speaks your native language. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to have a crash, don't do it in Croatia. That was exceedingly difficult. <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, I think... You know, I think the biggest mistakes that I've made uh, have led to the best lessons. So I, I certainly have been guilty of getting excited about an idea before I had any clue that anybody else would be excited about the idea. And with that excitement, I would go straight to the graphic designer. Um, so I would say, you know, before you get excited about your idea, figure out who would want to buy your message or product, your service, whatever it is, because without buyers, what you have is a hobby. You don't have a business. Um, and, and not only do you not have a, a business, but you have a very frustrating hobby because you think it's a business and it's about as far as you can get without a, an audience or a market. Um, so, you know, falling in love with my ideas over the years has cost me, time, effort, money, 
Um, I mean, geez, just so many logos I, <laughs> I've created and <laughs> business ideas. It's, you know, find the market first. Uh, anything that you do before knowing who will buy is a total waste of time. Well, and I, I think we see that a lot with people who want to get into the speaking industry, right? They, they come in and they say, oh, I want to speak on X topic. And my first question to them is, who else is out there getting paid to speak on that topic? And sometimes people come back and go, that's the great part. Nobody. And it's like, <laughs> hmm, that might yeah. be that you've found a fresh market or it might be there's nobody with a budget paying for that topic. And they're like, well, well what do you mean? And I'm like, well, if you want to get paid – there has to be a budget for your topic somewhere or you're never going to get paid. And they're like, no, everybody wants this topic. And I'm like, if everybody wants it, somebody would probably have already figured out to speak on it. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I just I have just come through the other side of making that exact mistake. I mean, I had this whole division of the business called Merit Based Onboarding was all about onboarding new hires so they're up to speed fast. Well, it makes sense. There really isn't anybody specifically focusing on that aspect of of um, hiring and training. And so I thought I had a great little niche. And I, I still think it's a great little niche, but here's the problem. Nobody knows what the word onboarding means. <laughs> and the only people that are familiar with it are the HR folks. And that's exactly who I'm not speaking to, you know, my, my material is not about HR compliance. It's about learning the learning management side of getting somebody up to speed quickly. And so it's more about connect, having people feel connected and having to each other and to the mission and, and vision of the company and, and, and celebrating somebody's arrival in your business. And there's so many aspects of you know, how you want to deliberately bring somebody into your business, but it really wasn't getting any traction. Um, and so I've, I've really had to take a step back and not be so enamored with what it is that I've, you know, created or that message, but I've, I first of all have learned to call it something else. And, you know, it's really about employee engagement because it's not just the new hires that need this information. It's getting existing people re-energized about their job and getting them reconnected to the people that they work with every day. Um, so it's been a real learning experience. <laughs> well, and you talk about human engagement. One of the things I talk to groups about all the time is sort of this idea of networking inside your company. Sometimes people think, well, networking, that's just for the salespeople or, or for you know people who are looking for a job. But in reality, you've got to get your employees on that human-to-human -human connected level or you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff, right? Oh, my God. I couldn't agree more. And, and I've poured through so much research uh, that – shows that people will will stay with a team that they feel connected to even if they're offered higher salary somewhere else. So I, you know I'm constantly telling audiences connecting people and having them feel like they want to be part of something is not a nice to have. It's not fluffy. It is a must have if you're really concerned about the bottom line because when you think about the costs involved with turnover and replacing and going back out and advertising and recruiting somebody and retraining a new person, it's very expensive. Well, one of the greatest studies I ever saw, and I don't remember what year it was, but it's been more than a decade, and it came from Gallup, and it basically said that if someone has a best friend at work, meaning somebody who they just love being with, they're just buddies, the odds of them leaving plummet. And yet, 
people aren't doing things to build friendships amongst their employees. So they're leaving, you know, they're flushing money down the table because people are leaving faster. Yeah, it's crazy. So talking about this idea of networking, how important is networking for an entrepreneur? Uh, networking is incredibly important. I, I think uh, the key to networking as an entrepreneur is being deliberate about who the people are that you need to meet, where they are, um, and and how to talk to them so that you're not, um, you know, in sales mode. When you're networking, it's about relationship building. And it's once those relationships are built, uh, then you can talk more deliberately about what you might be able to do or who is a good person to introduce you to and that kind of thing. But I think um, entrepreneurs, because, you know, no one's going to sell like we do our own businesses and our own, you know, products and services. So we get a little anxious. This is what I've seen, get a little anxious in in networking and we fast forward the relationship process a little bit too much. And I think if you just slow it down a little and be more deliberate about building a relationship, it's much more effective in the long run. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Hey, Merritt, I have a section of the show called Pearls of Wisdom, and I'm going to ask you three very short questions. I'm looking for a couple little short Pearls of Wisdom style answers. So the first Pearl of Wisdom for Merritt Guest is, where do you find inspiration? I find inspiration, I mean, I really do find it everywhere. Sometimes it's just a quote that flashes across my my phone on a Facebook post from someone. Um, I certainly, as a speaker myself, I'm I certainly have my favorite speakers that inspire me: um, Connie Podesta, Mark Sharonbrock, so many amazing speakers. Uh, Jim Rohn; um, those are some of my favorites. And you know, I, I think also just staying in the loop, seeing what people are, are doing. Um, you know, even shark tank episodes <laughs> inspire me. I love I, the shark I really tank. love to see when people are creating something new. So the second pearl of wisdom is how do you celebrate your successes? At the spa. That's an easy one. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> uh, when I am, when I'm doing well and things are rocking and rolling, uh, I am in there with a facial or a body scrub. I am all about the spa services. That would be my favorite thing. And, and oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and just other, you know, things that I would do with my family. Just, you know, we have our favorite places to go out to dinner, and um, we like to high five each other around here. So uh, sometimes when when we're not traveling, my husband and I work in the same uh, in the same house. So. Um, you know, when I have something to celebrate or he does, we'll run up or down the stairs to each other's office and get excited for each other and high five and have a little smooch. So that's nice. <laughs> and the third pearl of wisdom is what's the number one mistake you see entrepreneurs make where you wish you could run up and go, stop it? You know, I think entrepreneurs are good at seeing the end game. Like you see these successful entrepreneurs around you and they're living the high life and what you don't see is all of that hard work and stress and the lost sleep and the delayed gratification. You don't get to see that when you're just admiring them or, you know, you're seeing them walk onto their, you know, private jet. But I, I think that it's a mistake to think that you can get to that 
end game without all the the work and the steps that have to happen to get there. Amen. Yeah, it's it's always it's always the people we think, oh, you know, they're an overnight success and we miss the 15 years of toil and trouble it took them to get there. Exactly. Yeah. So I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What is the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? Can I share two? I have two really of quick course. cool things. Sure. All right. Well, the first cool thing is I have been studying stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. And it is a blast. Um, and so I've been infusing um, this these stand-up comedy bits into my keynotes and my workshops, and it's been more impactful and more fun for the audience. So I'm super excited. I'm introducing a brand new keynote for business audiences in 2016. It's kind of like tough love wrapped in comedy. And I'm super excited about that. That's very, very cool. that's very cool. I'd love to do some more study of, of stand-up. That's great. Uh, it's the hardest, hardest thing I've had to do. Honestly, it's, it, it took me probably three months of writing to get a really tight seven minute bit. And it, it's just an incredible, I have such a new uh, appreciation for stand-up comedians. Um, so the second cool thing that I've been working on, or I actually introduced last year, is a do-it-yourself kit for companies. Because I recognize that in a lot of my audiences, companies weren't hiring enough people every year to have it make sense to work with us to you know, actually design a, a new hire training process or to automate it. So I designed a do-it-yourself kit. And that way companies can, the kit just walks them through step-by-step how to design a program to get your new people up to speed super fast. And it really gives smaller companies the ability to compete with some of the bigger companies that have a well-defined program for their um, for their new hires. And it it's, um, incre- it's been getting great reviews. So I'm super proud of, of that kit. So that's pretty cool. So Merritt, we could talk about you and all the things you're doing all day long. But I think that some of the best entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask my guests, who is someone else that you see, that you observe? Not someone inside your business, but someone you're watching from afar or maybe up close where you think, wow, he or she, they are just crushing it. You know who I have been really impressed with? She happens to be a personal friend of mine. Um, Her name is Tamara Kleinberg, and she's created a community of inventors. It's called The Shook. It's got... What it is, is a it's a place where inventors who've got new products um, can can get feedback on their products. You can vote on something if, the, if you think it's a winner or not. And um, and then you can buy their products. So um, especially for holidays or when I have gifts to buy, I go on the shoot to see what's what's new and cool <laughs> because it, it makes me look like a rock star because I I give innovative things. But, um, you know, I get you get to support people who are creating cool things and neat ideas. And every time I talk with her, um, she's got some new inventor that she's uh, enamored with and, and helping to make successful. And I just, I just think she's a total rock star. Um, you know, yeah. just being on her site just inspires me to keep, keep going with my own ideas and everything I see on her site, I'm like, oh, that's, that's such a great idea. <laughs> so, so that sounds great. It's the Shook. Could you tell us how to spell that? Uh, it's S-H-O-O-K. Oh, excellent. That I think great. it's O-O-K. I should probably look that up for you. Um, <laughs> that's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll check it out. Okay. So in addition to being great observers, I also think that entrepreneurs want to do more than make money. So I love to find out from my guests what they do to impact the greater good. So Mara, what do you do to give back? 
Well, I have a 12-year-old son. I mean, I, I certainly, you know, give give money to several charity organizations that are just really important to me. But because I, I, I have a son and I, he loves sports, but I'm, I'm limited in my abilities of where, how much I can coach and help at this point. So I get a lot of pleasure um, helping out and volunteering my time as a, I was a Cub Scout leader when he was younger. Um, currently, this is my second year as a team manager for a group called Destination Imagination. Oh yeah. Very familiar with that group. What a yeah. great organization. Oh, it's an amazing organization, and uh, and I get the privilege of of leading a team of my son and his friends, and watching them problem solve and come up with ideas on their own. It's super exciting. I so I I love that. I get a lot of I get a lot of uh, pleasure from that, and I know it's it's great for the kids. So those are my my favorite spots. <laughs> That's excellent. So, Merritt, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. If somebody's listening to this and they think, I got to know more about this, this Merritt guest lady, where in the world do they find you? Best place to find me would be my website. That is MerrittGuest.com. And it's M-E-R-I-T. Uh, you only need one letter to make each of those sounds. So no double R's, no double T's. <laughs> and, uh, and guest is G-E-S-T. So like a guest at a party, but without the letter U. That's right. Because it's not about you. It's about them, not right? about you. <laughs> <laughs> so MeritGuest.com, M-E-R-I-T-G-E-S-T. Well, Merit, it was delightful to have you on the show. And we got to meet briefly a couple of weeks ago when I was in Denver. And you are just a delight. So I hope everybody runs over to MeritGuest.com and, and finds out all the information there is to find out. Well, thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure. I appreciate being part of this uh, podcast. And yeah, it's it's uh, it's always fun to have new guests on, and I really appreciate Lori Guest, spelled differently, who introduced us and said that you would make a great guest. She was a guest on the show about six or eight months ago, and immediately told me that I had to invite you on the show. So I'm really glad that this all worked out. And well, for the us guest, us guest girls, got to stick together. <laughs> That's right. And for those of you who are listening, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Merritt Guest. But in the meantime, you go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast was produced in part by Podfly.net. Podfly, passion for great sounding podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.